welcome, welcome back to the Creative Process Podcast with myself, Jared Klein. Obviously, if you are viewing this by watching this, you can see we have a we have a guest on. We'll get into Robbie here shortly, but I just want to throw out some thanks to the people listening week in and week out. Um, I know the last couple episodes, sorry for me dropping my pen, the last few episodes have been kind of individual. Um, I've been talking about things that I've been wanting to talk about, um, getting some things on my mind that have been frustrating me for the past couple weeks. Um, but thank you for... Thank you for coming back week in and week out, listening to the episodes, um, and also providing feedback. You know who you are, sending DMs to me on Twitter, um, giving me some tips and tricks and everything like that. Um, you've helped. You've helped a lot when um, considering the content of, of this whole production here. So, um, Robbie, I know we talked a little bit before we started recording. Um, thank you for coming on today. Um, it was kind of a little bit short notice. Usually I'm, I'm a little bit further ahead from me um, asking people to come on. But thank you for, um, if you had to adapt your, your schedule, for adapting it or just wanting to come on and have a conversation about um, our profession. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't have to adapt at all. You, you gave like a full week's notice and everything. You were really good. I've had people just hit me up and be like, hey, do you want to? want to chat tomorrow i'm like oh, i guess so let me, let me drop a few things so no nah, you're good and really appreciate you having me on it means a lot awesome well that's that's good news that um you didn't have to really drop anything or make make accommodations that much for it so um it sounds like all you had to do was write it in the calendar and you're like okay we're good <laughs> heck yeah awesome um, but yeah, so, I mean, we talked a little bit before this, so this may get a little redundant, um, for you to say this again, but if you could, for the people listening that don't know who you are, introduce yourself, um, briefly or as, as deep or as shallow as you want to go. Um, and then we'll hop into what we want to talk about today. Sound good? Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Robbie Poulain. Um, I was born in Lincoln, Nebraska to two parents who went to the university of Nebraska, go big red. Um, when I was five, no, I'm, I'm not going to go into full detail, but <laughs> I, I grew up when uh, I grew up in the Kansas City area, huge Royals, huge Chiefs fan. I was always a big uh, art guy, really into drawing when I was a kid, but didn't really know if that would be like a career possibility. Um, and then when I was in middle school, I moved to this really small town in kind of the Kansas City metro area. And they didn't have a lot of, you know, art classes other than your typical like generic art classes where you would draw and you'd paint and you would do you know who knows what um but my senior year there i got introduced to uh graphic design i took a graphic design course um photoshop illustrator i learned it all but not very well (laughs) so then when it came to go to college i had to pick a major and i went to a community college thinking that i was just going to get some gen eds and figure out what i was going to do later and i ended up uh taking a lot of graphic design classes fell in love with it uh just got an associates in graphic design a three-year degree and i figured all right let me just see uh, if i can make a career out of this so i applied to a bunch of jobs right out of college didn't get any that i wanted um ended up working at a copper and brass dye making company it was terrible never do it again Um, so then like I had been working there for eight months or so, and I knew a person who knew a person from doing freelance that worked at the thunder. And so the Oklahoma city thunder. So I, um, I reached out to this person that I didn't even know with just a cell phone number and an email and said, Hey, here's my name. Here's my portfolio. Um, would love to chat or, uh, you know, I was, I was a naive 21 year old, so I didn't really, uh, 
know a formal way of like asking for a job. So I pretty much just straight out and straight came straight out and asked for a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, luckily for me, I actually got a response within like uh, an hour and said, Hey, I'll pass your information along. And then a week later I was getting, you know, a phone call from an art director who worked there and she wanted to chat more. And that led to an interview, which led to an interview, which led to a job. <laughs> and so I had never lived on my own before. I had always lived in Kansas City since I was five. Um, so I moved to a new city, lived on my own, and I was a full-time graphic designer at a pro sports team. And it was awesome. And then uh, I did that for four years. I loved it. And then around halfway through the pandemic, I saw that uh, one of my hometown teams, the Kansas City Royals, was hiring. So I applied, thinking that there was no shot that I was actually going to get it. Um, and sure enough, I, I was able to get the job, and I was blessed as hell. We moved back up here for the first time in four years, and I've been here for about a year and a half and love my boss, love my coworkers, love everything about the uh, the organization, what we got going on. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. It, you know, it, it was – I thought it wasn't going to, like, seem redundant, but it it was like, oh, it's almost like I've heard this before type of thing when you were talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, got to, I got to weed out some of the things I didn't like from the, the first time through. <laughs> from the first time through, yeah. Yeah, so we, we – just for the people listening, we talked before this – actually, I may have mentioned this, but, yeah, we talked before this. We gave each other our intros before we started recording so we could at least, you know – kind of know who each other were um before we started but yeah that's funny no, um no, you really good at it you you gave like the questions laid out you were like we're gonna run through like most most podcasters aren't even that they just jump right into it you're you were organized and prepared i love it well i feel like if like like it, it, that's that's when that's when i feel like rambling starts well yeah you, you're you're gonna ramble no matter what the topic sometimes if you if you like the topic you're talking about but like when I've jumped into podcasts by myself and I have no structure and I'm like, I'm just going to go, it's really hard for me to kind of, you know, zero in on something I want to talk about without having at least some note structure. So I always try to make sure I have that somewhat in advance. Um, usually I like to get it to get it to people a day in advance at least so they can go over it, but there wasn't a lot to go over. So, um, thankfully we should, we should be, we should be good. Um, but yeah, so you work within major league baseball. Um, excuse me for asking. You've said this already, but how long have you been working with the Royals again? I've been with the Royals since uh, March 1st of 2021. So about a year and a half running. Okay. Awesome. Um, so kind of, I guess let's start from, I guess, getting in what, like, what's, what's the number of like staff on your creative team? Um, so our, in terms of graphic designers, we've got my boss, who's the creative director. Um, we've got myself and my other coworker, who's a graphic designer. And then we've got a, um, a graphic designer trainee or an intern right below. So it's really just uh, just four people right now. Oh, really? Yeah. And it used to be even smaller than that. It was, uh, it was three people last year, plus a copywriter who also did some designing, but mostly copywriting. Wow. So yeah. like with our intern, we have three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. That's crazy. <laughs> well, you, you have like full video team and everything, right? Right. Oh yeah. 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 No, so do the video t- I do the video too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, so we have like, it's me and my boss and then our interns, we have three like designers and then we have 
our video production guy who runs like video board, but also like helps like with B roll and, um, you know, uh, all video responsibilities as well. And he has an assistant with him, but in off season, he's just by himself. So, okay. So you, what do you got? You have like three or four video people too. Um, we've got a pretty big video team. I want to say it's maybe like four to five, uh, maybe even six full-time people. It's hard to keep track. And then we've mm-hmm. got a couple video trainees or interns. We, we call them trainees. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're always super phenomenal. Like literally some of the best I've ever been around. They're ridiculously talented. Um, some of them shoot and edit. Some of them mostly edit. Some of them mostly shoot. Um, but they're all really, really good. And then we've got a, um, uh, like a, a video board team as well. I think Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's three or four people that run, we call it crown vision, the big, uh, big led screen with the crown on top. I think it's (laughs) one of the biggest leds in North America. I'm pretty sure. Massive. Uh, Little humble brag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and basically we, uh, we kind of have it set up. I don't know how most other sports teams have done it, but how, I've been a part of it in the past was everyone was kind of in silos, like graphic designers all work together, video people all work together, social media people all work together, but the groups didn't really collaborate as much. Um, But what we have going on kind of is uh, all those people, anyone that contributes to the brand in like a creative way, whether it be social media, video, photography, web, um, or graphic design we all work in the same space and we're around each other all the time so it's super collaborative we that's keep awesome. up with what everybody's working on and yeah it's the dream situation that's awesome and then i mean you probably have a full group of photographers too that help help aid that and everything as well we've got uh we've got one full-time guy uh and he's probably the best photographer i've ever been around and seen he's also the most wonderful guy to be around um and then we've got a photographer trainee who's usually under him and then we've got a couple people who will work games from here and there and they're also all phenomenal but so we've got a pretty decent crew a couple freelance freelance people yeah yeah okay yeah so that's actually i mean you made it sound small but (laughs) you made it sound small at first but that's probably what 15 20 people deep with your trainees 15 yeah. probably 15 with deep everybody, with your trainees maybe even closer to the th- uh to 30 i'm not giving the credit to like the project managers and like oh, that's true. people more on the marketing side yeah that's we kind of got a little bit of everything that's true yeah that's awesome that's one hell of a creative team that you guys got there well i mean it's expected right your mlb organization you know it's expected to have a huge a huge team to all collaborate with each other that's that's awesome um so yeah the main reason why i reached out to you today um obviously i want to get to know you but what caught my eye was the creative for the royals this year my coworker and i or my i technically he's technically my boss but i don't call him my boss um the senior designer that i work under we've you know when i came in in january we were scavenging behance for inspiration and stuff as we were starting to develop our um creative look for the season and as the season goes on, you know, we, we see consistencies within within some teams, and then we see some teams go out outside the box a little bit. And the Royals came up in that outside-the-box category compared to other things that we were looking at. And I was like, hmm, I wonder who is on the team that I can have a conversation with. And I we ended up – at least I ended up following you, and I saw that, you know, you had some Royals stuff. Your Royals project that's on your Behance now – 
with Salvi as the cover. I've seen that project five or six times on my Behance feed, and I've, I have it liked and I have it saved in my mood boards too. And who knows? <laughs> I never knew, never would have known that we were that we'd be having a conversation. But long story short, long I guess um, long ramble short, kind of go into the developmental process of that whole creative. Um, you know, obviously you talked about how big the team is, um, but when it came down to the collaborative process of that development and, you know, that whole phase of, um, start to finish kind of go in there and then obviously carrying it out in season as well. Well, that's, uh, I'm really flattered. It's, it's not every day that you hear somebody, uh, talk about like using your stuff for inspiration, but that means a ton. Um, honestly, it's like, my process for a long time was kind of probably similar to a lot of designers. I would go online, find inspiration and it, you know, it's a copycat industry. You don't want to like rip somebody's design completely off, but like you use little pieces here and there to try to figure out like, okay, what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. What can I do differently to, to try to improve? And that was my standard, uh, you know, like process for a long time. And coming to the Royals, uh, my current boss has really gotten me to like expand on, like you said, you were, you were talking about things that are outside of the box. I would say that's a really good way to describe like how our process has evolved. Like it's, you know, not necessarily getting stuck in what's trendy, but more so like trying to push the boundaries of ideas. And mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, she's given me the chance to kind of like really open up my brain with a, a lot of creative freedom given and uh just come up with you know anything and everything just try everything possible if it doesn't work fine move on and have a backup plan but just constantly push the the boundaries of that and i think uh we do a really good job of just it's it's not very authoritarian like it is in some businesses where it's like all right i'm the boss here's our new creative campaign you're going to follow it to a t um uh, basically here we kind of lay everything out things that we liked the previous season we kind of continue or make a different a similar version of mm-hmm. and then uh, the things that didn't work we kind of change and just throw stuff on the wall and see what sticks and we make you know mock projects for the next season and see what sticks and it's an ever-evolving thing though like uh, when I first came on board in 2021 and I joined right before the season started I made some you know, tune in and score templates that I thought at the time were really good. And then five, six months went by and I was like, you know what, there's things about these that I don't like. And so I asked my boss, I was like, you know, what do you think if we, uh, we change these up and she's like, do it, just try something new. And so I tried something new and like even that little difference between the old and the new templates was, was huge. And it was just uh, part of the, you know, the kind of process we have where it's always an evolving thing. And like, as the season goes along, you should definitely have a plan to, you know, what kind of fonts, what backgrounds you want to use, but not be afraid of like, all right, this isn't really working. I'm going to try something else. And, you know, good design is good design, whether it's completely consistent with what you did 180 days ago mm-hmm. or the exact same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking back on like the Royals Twitter and everything, um, and it's 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 like it. I just can't get over the fact of like how much it like compared to other teams in the league. Granted, every, every other team has their own own creative look and everything, and um, maybe it's maybe it's the blue, maybe it's maybe it's something, but it just it just 
it that's it's like the only creative look that's really grabbed my attention and want me like especially now since we're starting to look deeper into um creative for the next season um being able to like see things and how you guys treat different occasions um and different types of graphics and everything it you know it gives me um it gives me a lot of joy to see that a team is is putting a lot of a lot of emphasis into into things that um, we've been thinking about and we've been you know wanting to also put a lot of emphasis into and haven't really hmm, how do I put this haven't really gotten a taste like a good taste from what we've been seeing and what we've been thinking until we you know started seeing what you guys were making so um, it's awesome it's awesome to see it's it the process is definitely there and I think that's a thing about graphic design is that like some people that I've talked to within sports, it's like, okay, we make these templates at the start. We're not changing them until the season's over. When in reality, it's like, if you do change them even minutely, or actually, you know, if you change them about 50%, change 50% of the look, the people that see those day in and day out are the only ones that are going to notice, you know, your fans that (laughs) when it comes through, you know, Oh, Oh, okay. They just look at it for the information. Obviously you want it to look good and, as designers, we're going to look at it in a completely different way. But, you know, like there's no reason if you see something that now you think it needs to change, there's no reason not to dive back into it and make the change. You know, I like that. I really do. Yeah. And like, uh, sorry. Uh, no, no, no whenever, you're good. Whenever you do something like you've probably experienced this, you make like a, a lineup graphic for the starting lineup and you really, really like it and they post it on social and it's like, ah, oh, is anybody going to talk about the graphic? And every comment is just like, I can't believe so-and-so's in the lineup. I can't believe so-and-so's in the lineup. Like, fire so-and-so, trade so-and-so. It's like, <laughs> nobody wants to talk about the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, you might as well post a piece of paper up there for all they, for all they care. <laughs> hey, I've, I've seen teams do that occasionally. It'd be a nice, like, way to break things up and, like, fans are just scrolling through their uh, – you know their feed and all of a sudden they go whoa what is this this mm-hmm. is different but i mean it'll grab attention that um, was one of our um that was one of our first concepts when we started developing like the uh line of graphics is like we had like a clipboard and we made you know we made it look like a piece of paper with like the coach wrote in the lineups or whatever and it didn't yeah. stick but it was a cool concept it would have been nice um and then we actually ended up ended up developing like something kind of um not super similar to paper, but like simple and nice and clean, like for road, like for road lineups that our uh, PXP guy can um, can update and everything. So, yeah. Well, you were saying something before I, I started going on. Oh, you you had mentioned uh, like the overall look of the team and the color palette. Uh, I do think we're pretty lucky to to have like royal blue and the the powder blue, which is the light blue that we have to work with. Like those two colors, if you mix that with just the right amount of like white space. It's beauty. I mean, it's incredible colors to work with. Have you guys ever thought about adding the gold that's like on your hat? Um, we we've done it here and there. We used to use it more before I started. Um, I think the reason we, we use it from here here and there, like whenever we had a gold alternate that we wore for a couple years, you know, years after winning the World Series, I had a template that was like white and gold. Um, every time I try to use like royal blue and gold, it's all right, but it, it doesn't, uh, it just doesn't hit the same as like powder blue and royal blue. Mm-hmm. Just having almost that gradient of lighter to darker blue, I feel like is, uh, 
like a lot easier on the eyes and like draws your eyes in hard, hard to describe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in season, obviously you have those templates and you talked a little bit about it. Um, but in the off season, like when you were developing, um, I guess you said you started when you, I guess let, let's, yeah, for this season's creative, um, when you were in the off season developing things, kind of where you were just kind of throwing things out, like picking things out of a hat at first and just kind of seeing, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit, seeing what sticks type of scenario, but like, was everyone developing their own concepts or did you kind of collaborate, talk about what you like, what you don't like, and then you all just kind of combine it together? Sure. Um, I think the goal at first and what we ended up doing initially was like you said, everybody kind of created their own graphics. Like we were each given, like, I think it was three to four different kinds of graphics, like, a social template, a billboard, a, uh, you know, a promotional ad and something else. And we all kind of put our, a different spin on it with a uh, general theme. And uh, I should have mentioned this. So like the general theme that we were going to try to go with was uh, just the dissolve effect, which is kind of trending right now. I said mm-hmm. earlier that we didn't follow trends, but we followed that one a little bit, mm-hmm. but we tried to put our own spin on it. So we, uh, our goal is to create a new campaign using the dissolve effect in Photoshop, which if you go down your transparency panel and hit dissolve, it'll make like this spray paint almost appearance, which can be really, really like crazy if you don't control it a little bit. And it, doing this kind of gave us the opportunity to, to really observe and see how it worked, how it didn't work, what kind of unique things we could do with it. And we're still kind of figuring out like, what can really be done with this uh, this effect. But that was kind of our baseline. Um, the other thing we knew was that we wanted a very vertical font because uh, the previous year we had had some semi-vertical fonts, but they didn't really stretch a graphic like, uh, like you sometimes need when you really want something to stand out and uh, capture the eye. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we found a really tall font. Um, we had a general look and then we kind of just let the pieces fall in together. We, we figured out what looked good, what, uh, what we might want to not use. And we just ran with it. I think the, the strongest part of our campaign is the fact that it's very versatile and flexible. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell it's ours because of the color palette, the type and the, uh, and the overall effect with the dissolve filter. But I mean, if you look at, you know, graphics up and down the timeline, they, they actually are very different. It's just, we have those, three things to kind of tie everything together Mm -hmm. yeah i see sometimes it like flips sides like with your final graphic um and your lineups graphic you have the photo sometimes switches sides um but yeah overall like i mean you put it right on the nuts it's like you see that you see the dissolve you see the color palette and you see very similar you know type styles and everything um it looks like in a in some you have maybe like one or two and then maybe a tertiary typeface that just is used as like sometimes as a texture or as like the verses or, you know, ties into the arrows and the cert, like the marker marks that you have. Um, but other than that, you have very similar, you know, like you said, very similar type selection, very similar um, effects on certain things. But, you know, sometimes composition is completely different. Um, obviously it's depending on the subject matter too. That's, that's kind of a given as well, but yeah, I think you guys smash it out of the park. Like if it, if there was a competition for best season creative in the MLB, I think you guys would be definitely top five, if not top two. So I appreciate it. it means kudos, a lot. kudos to the whole team. <laughs> yeah. They're superstars, man. 
Um, so yeah, like, like we talked about before, just me and you off camera, um, there's going to be a little break here in the Zoom recording. Um, if you want to kind of get up, go to the bathroom, get something to drink, we can come back and reconvene and start talking about other things. That sound all right? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Yeah, we got about two minutes on the timer now, so I'll just like cut it here. We are back. <laughs> do you have – okay, so – Working with the Royals, do you have any like like when you guys have like giveaways? Do all staff get the giveaways? Um, like we've had like bobbleheads uh, and stuff. We've had a few of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the promotional items. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every uh, every staff member gets reserved one basically. But uh, if there's like uh, if there's like two or three things that you're looking to get, usually our our people in promotional items will will take care of us if we uh, if we haven't asked. Mm, awesome. Cause that's like something that like we do. We do like ten bobbleheads a season, yeah. And like some some people that have been working there, working with us for like, you know, even like two or three years, their desk is full. Oh yeah, full of like shit. Because like 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 that's how we like make our money. It's like you know we get giveaways, get people to come, and then you know. But then when we get like giveaways and the sponsor, you know, gets a shit ton. We have, you know, a bunch of extra to save for, like, people that didn't come or staff. And sometimes they're really stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's minor league baseball in a nutshell. Like, you got to do stupid stuff to, to sell tickets, right? That's, that's Which very true. is amazing because we need that in, in this world. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. When, um, I, when I walked downstairs to the ticket uh, offices for the first time, like when I first started, there were some people who, had, like you said, people who have been there for two or three years have a ton of shit on their desk. Uh-huh. These people have been there for like 15 years and they had like shelves upon shelves upon shelves of just like, you know, 30 to 40 bobbleheads on each shelf. It was unreal. I'm like, man, you're, if you ever yeah. downsize and get a smaller desk, I don't know what you're going to do with all this. <laughs> Sell them on eBay. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like ever since I worked there, like I had, the, I got this. Oh, that's cool. Well, so we have an alternate identity called the Utter Tuckers. So we're in, <laughs> we're in Wisconsin. Like that's like, it, like we do it for June dairy month. Yeah. And this was like our old logo, like way before I got there. Um, and they had a bunch of these sitting around and I was like, okay, I'll take this. And then... They uh they have like these mugs this year these like concession mugs these cheap plastic concession mugs and I just nabbed one of those and then I got like all the bobbleheads at my desk already this year. Yes. And I just like all of a sudden I just have a bunch of Timber Rattler stuff that I didn't even know I needed and it's like <laughs> all around it's just a constant thing now. That uh, that's that's very true. Like you end up with chests and boxes just full of a lot of it's junk but it's cool junk. And yeah. the bobblehead collection never stops. And, like, I don't know. I would love to someday be involved or work for a minor league team, even for a little bit, just because the, the alternate identities are the most incredible <laughs> things I've ever seen. And not only that, but just minor league baseball logos and hats in general. Like, if I if I had unlimited funds, I would get just all minor league hats. Like, the pizza rats, like the the chihuahuas. There's so many the the Akron rubber ducks like it just goes on and on. There's so many good ones. I'll say this on the record. I'll I'll ask you obviously 
for your stuff after, but I'm gonna send you an Utter Tuggers hat. Oh, for real? Yeah, I'll send you an Utter Tuggers hat. They're they're hilarious. You just you'll just have to send me your size and then um and obviously your address and stuff, but we can do that in DMs. Um, but yeah, I'll send you one. You don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> well, that's great. I'll take some photos of the team store and let me know what you want. Get uh, maybe oh, something. Sweet. We got some other stuff in our team shop too. We got like Sandlot themed stuff and yeah, it's kind of cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that'd be dope. Let's do it. Or I can send you a Quad Cities hat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that'd be weird. Walking to walk into the office. Wearing a Quad City River Bandits hat. Go River Bandits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So where where were we? We just kind of hopped in here talking about minor league baseball. We were talking about in season when you were developing the creative. That's what we were talking about. Um, yeah. That, that I I was thinking about something when I walked away. Um, off season. So obviously that's like time for development and everything, and that's when like the grind really starts, right? How does that kind of look? Kind of go through. I mean, you've been there for one off season, one off season, and a full season, right? Oh wait, one, two. Yeah, like, one, one full season and almost one, one okay. full. Season. Yeah, like a to, month and a half from now. I had to get that right for a little bit. Um, I had to think about that. Um, so yeah, you've been you've been able to experience experience the things. Um, so how does off season usually go for you guys? Um. The last off season, granted, it was a lot different because we had the the lockout, and oh, so we couldn't uh, we couldn't do like the fan fest thing that we do every January. We have like players come out and meet and greet fans, and we've got a bunch of activations. Like usually, that's a blast, and so we weren't able to do that. Um, and we kind of had to work around like the uh, a lot of the player name stuff since uh since they were going through the the negotiating and everything so we had to really find creative ways to like push our brand on social media but i feel like it helped us kind of reevaluate things that were working and things that weren't working mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it was it truly was a good off season i feel like we did have time to kind of chill and the one positive thing about working in baseball is as you already know is like your off season is like the prime holiday months it's like the times when you know, you got Thanksgiving and Christmas and like me personally, I have three brothers and a dad all with December birthdays. And so like, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like that. And it's, it's perfect timing for me off season wise. Um, the, the only thing that I've always struggled with is like having an exact cutoff date on like, all right, here's where our previous campaign is going to end. And here's where the new campaign is going to start it kind of it's more of like it kind of morphs into the new uh creative look um but what i did kind of last year during the off season was we have our spring training affiliate um complex in surprise arizona mm-hmm. and so i worked basically all off season on just large vinyl wraps for them kind of the big projects that get pushed around that you don't really have time for until um the season ends so that was that was a little bit of work, but I think it turned out really well. And I still have yet to visit our complex, but someday I'd love to go down there and snap some photos and check it out. Oh yeah, yeah. That spring training is definitely something that's on my uh, on my list. Um, granted, obviously it's not it's not super entertaining unless you know like the people that you want to go watch. Like if there's prospects or you know people that you want to go watch play a little bit, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely on my list. I've I've been down 
in Arizona, you know, in March, March, April in that time, but I just haven't gone to spring training. Um, it was, they were like family vacations. So it's definitely, definitely on the list. Um, For sure. Yeah. I've only heard good things about how fun it is, you know, the parks and everything too. You know, some teams, they live their parks up, you know, they have a great atmosphere and stuff there too. So, and I mean, that's, that's the time when all the old people go down to Arizona for vacation. So there's plenty of people. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the brew, the brewers are in uh, Arizona too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. I don't know exactly where they are. Um, surprise does not sound familiar. Yeah, it's uh, what, what's actually crazy is um, like my grandparents lived in Surprise for like thirty years, and uh, when I was a kid, we used to go down there all the time. And I wasn't a super big sports fan when I was like a really young kid. Mm-hmm. We were actually going to a funeral down there, and we were just walking through our hotel. And out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw a Royals logo, which had to put two and two together. Like, I'm in Arizona. Why would there be a Royals logo? And then I looked around. It was like, oh, we're right by their, their spring training complex. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it's a small world for sure. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to go down there and, like, hop from stadium to stadium. Seems like everything's within kind of like an hour drive radius. Mm. So how much, I guess, in the off season, how much promotional – like for the next season, like obviously showcasing players and, you know, getting people back into the baseball mood. Obviously that's, that's a, that's one thing, but like promotional, like ticket wise or promotional, like, you know, those type of things, how much do you do of that? Like, is there much needed since it is a pretty big culture down there, you know, Kansas city Royals. So you probably don't have a problem selling tickets. Um, (laughs) Some, sometimes sometimes are better than others um, <laughs> but uh so that's another part that you hit on that i didn't really think about but is a huge part of the off season is um like honestly we start thinking about the next season's slate of bobbleheads usually like while the previous season's still going on like towards september october is when we really start like hammering out those details on who we really want to do i think last season was difficult because there were a couple guys on our team that we knew there was a chance might get traded. And so you're always running the risk of like, all right, well, do you want to do bobbleheads of a guy if he's going to get traded? Because then, you know, this stuff takes a while to create. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff uh, is always kept in mind. Um, but I feel like we had a pretty decent slate of bobbleheads going into this season. Um, we had some wild ideas too. The other thing about like, uh, our creative department is at other places I've been, we kind of have a, a promotional team that creates all this stuff and comes up with the ideas. Uh, but what I've experienced here is like everyone who has a part in the brand is usually part of the process of coming up with not only like ideas for promotional giveaways, but also like, you know, ticket activations, just ways to get people in the ballpark so that everybody contributes and throws ideas in a bucket. And usually it gives us just a ton of super clever uh ideas um but a a fun one that we did this year actually i've got it over here is i I had the chance to make a a throwback kansas city monarchs pennant and so i put together a little bit of old kind of logos in the old stadium and every year that the monarchs won the championship which they were like the yankees of negro league baseball back in the day if anybody yeah so that was a that was a fun promo item um, Did you make the uh, lineup graphics that you guys posted a couple days ago for that too? Yes, that was another another fun thing. Is that turned out really sick, together. man. And you mentioned uh, I know you're gonna 
hit on jersey swaps later so that uh on the lineup graphic there's a a photo of mj melendez in full monarchs uniform that actually was not a photo it was a full jersey swap um so that one was fun too i don't know if you've ever tried putting pinstripes on a guy's uniform but i had to, <laughs> had to teach myself some uh some new techniques i'd never used before oh yeah oh that's actually a good segue that's a really good segue jersey swaps suck i hate jersey swaps I mentioned it a little bit. I'm working on some right now. But I think the problem with the ones that I'm working on now is I'm not really able to use high-quality photos. So it's like, you know, then it's kind of, eh, you know, it's it's kind of eh. But I, I've done a couple where I've used high-quality photos, and it was much easier, much easier to use, you know, those type of things. But what's your opinion on those? Because I know you have a handful on your portfolio from I think you did it you have like a jersey swap section you have a couple of Paul George a couple of Melo I know it starts out with one of Chris Paul so you've done basketball ones I know for a fact what's yeah. like what's like your your thing when it comes to jersey swaps I don't know I don't know they're just way too frustrating for me what I didn't realize before I left uh the NBA was basketball jersey swaps are probably the easiest jersey swaps because <laughs> You're in more of a controlled environment. There's only like arena lighting. But then when you're dealing with like football and baseball jersey swaps, you've got your daytime lighting, you've got your twilight twilight lighting, you've got your nighttime stadium lights lighting. And so it all casts different shadows on the hats and the jerseys. So like that's the number one thing to to take into consideration. Uh, but also when I first started jersey swapping when I worked at the Thunder, my method was uh, looking back, really not a good one. I would cut out the entire uh, jersey and shorts of another player, and then I would try to like puppet warp it onto the player that I was uh, swapping. Mm-hmm. And it always, you know, didn't turn out exactly the way I wanted to. How I do it now is like I take the actual, you know, uniform of the player that I'm swapping. I kind of mask everything out, which I've learned faster ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I overlay every new element that I need, clone stamp, clone stamp out the stuff I don't need, use gradient maps, use a lot of, a lot of adjustment layers to kind of get the lighting right. And um, once the trim and like the numerals and the logos are on there properly, then it's about just like making those minor adjustments, adding some shadows. But mm-hmm. that's the easiest and most accurate way I've found to kind of kind of do them. Yeah, it's. I, I've definitely like I started out with what you started out with, like clipping out the whole uniform and <laughs> just or or even better, taking a pose of like someone with the same colored arms and just taking the head and <laughs> moving the head. Oh over. yeah, yeah. I've I've done that in my early days. A lot of regrets. <laughs> oh yeah. So, I mean sometimes they surprisingly turned out okay, but other times you're like, ooh. <laughs> it, it works it works when it's like from here up. That's when it works okay, but like yeah. if, if any anything below the waist, it's like mm, I don't know, I don't know about that one. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's an ongoing thing that like I know working in sports. Unfortunately, you're not gonna get away from it because it's something that's gonna be there whether you like it or not. Because sometimes, like in your case, you're not gonna be able to set a player up and have a studio shot, you know, and get them in a KC Monarchs jersey. You got to do it yourself. Yeah. Oh. Jeez. Which, yeah, it's understandable. Like, uh, players' time is precious. I know that there's sometimes situations where we can't do that, and 
that's what we're here for is to, to figure those things out. Luckily, we did have some really high quality. You mentioned like using photos to uh, to do these swaps, and that's obviously just as important. Mm-hmm. We got some high quality photos of like the uh, the monarch's hat that we were going to wear, and uh, in the jersey too. So that part, luckily, was a little easier since we had those photos sourced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean it, that's just like it with everything though. Photos, if if you got good photos, it takes it takes whatever you're working on to like you know tenfold or at least five times better than what what it was because if if you have a shitty photo like a low quality photo it's just you got no chance it's just not it man you can have you especially yeah especially with a jersey swap it's like because then what you're putting onto it is like higher quality than what the photo already was you know and when you're taking that uniform that is already ragtag and pixelated and then you're putting stuff that's not as pixelated on it it just looks yeah, yeah. you got to play with like the gaussian blur and like the, sh- the sharpness and the noise and it's it's really tough man mm-hmm. that goes yeah. with anything like i don't know what our jobs would be like without good photography like <laughs> if we're just hand drawing stuff or yeah the good photographers keep me employed for sure mm-hmm. yeah shout out to the photographers of the world really 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 big shout out to the great photographers of the world that's actually something that i didn't know i was going to be doing but i actually do it a lot at my job is I, I shoot like game day photos and stuff for like fans and the players and everything. Great experience. I love it. I love shooting. I love shooting photos. Have you ever like, have you ever been able to like get down in the field and be with like the photographer or shoot a couple for a Royals game or no? I, I wish I could say yes. It's one thing that I've always really wanted to do, but I don't own a really good camera. And I know that if I want to get into it, I want to really invest in a nice, mm-hmm. nice camera and kind of just learn how to use that and pick it up. Um, I haven't done that yet, so I'm still I'm still saving up for some some things here and there in life. But that's definitely a goal. I know that like you know, there's a lot of designers out there that I know that kind of dabbled in it a little bit in school and then just plunged in head first. Now they're incredible. They look like your typical staff photographers, but mm-hmm. they're also doing graphic design at the same time and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so much respect for the designers like yourself that do get out there and take your own photos. That's got to feel amazing when you're making an entire template and it's like it's your photo and it's your graphic and yeah, it's what the it's just the world working as uh, as it should. It's the uh, sometimes it's the blessing of a small team because mostly like everything that like we create like every single asset is like stuff that either we shot. Or, you know, like, or we, like, directed to shoot or we had, like, ideas together that we wanted to shoot and make. So it's, like, everything that we, like, use day in, day out is constructed by, you know, us. So it's 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 really refreshing because you're, like, oh, like, when it all comes together, like, dang, we put in that work. We were able to, you know, get this photo for this certain graphic and now it all came together and it looks amazing and let's do it again, you know. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And that's how you learn just so much because you're doing all these different tasks that normally you know several different people in several different departments have to do and mm-hmm. thrown into the fire yeah all right man well i mean it's it's been a great time talking to you robbie um it was been great great to know you or great to get to know you sorry that was weird english um great to get to know you um great to have a conversation with you and um one thing i will say for the people listening Robbie's let me check the description I prepped for this Robbie's Twitter and portfolio will be down below so if you want to go connect with Robbie 
um, go down below. His Twitter and portfolio are there, like I just said. Um, I'm sure if you have any questions, you'd be more than happy to answer those questions. Absolutely, yeah. There you go. You heard it here first. Um, but, yeah, Robbie, again, thank you for coming on. Um, for the listeners, thank you for listening today. Um, this has been Episode 12 of the Creative Process Podcast with myself, Jared Klein, and um, we will be sure to see you next time. And, as always, make sure you tell someone that you love them. All right, take it easy. We'll see you next time in Episode 13. Peace.